Hey, friends, and welcome to episode 43 of It's About Time, a podcast sharing stories and strategies for work, life, and balance. I'm your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, and today's guest might just be my productivity soulmate. From the moment we hit record, she and I totally clicked over our love for the Eisenhower Matrix, the fact that checking email should not take over your life, and now she's got me wanting to buy a juicer and learn the Houston two-step. Let me introduce you to the amazing Cece Sutton. Cece is a veteran speaker, HR professional, and award-winning ballroom dancer who knows what it feels like to fall flat. After several years of feeling overwhelmed, overworked, and over it all, she finally established harmony in her work and home life and increased her work performance, earnings, and overall health. Now, Cece teaches others her secrets to work-life rhythm. In her toolbox of humor and relatable life experiences, she pulls out simple solutions to help working professionals take back control of their work performance, efficiency, and overall health. In today's episode, Cece shares her three-part system for managing her busy schedule, as well as why she subscribes to work-life rhythm instead of work-life balance. She also gets to the core of why we are not spending enough time on self-care and how to make self-care a regular part of your life. Finally, she tells the story of how she, a recovering scaredy cat, became a grit-filled risk-taker and how you can find your lion and become a grit-filled risk-taker, too. As usual, you know you can find all the details for this episode over in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 43, including Cece's favorite productivity apps, her favorite juicer, and everything you need to stay in touch with her because I know you'll want to stay in touch with Cece after you meet her inside this interview. And finally, I want to thank you again for being a fan. And if you haven't yet, I invite you to click the subscribe button to be notified as soon as new episodes go live. If you like what you hear, I'd be so grateful for your review. You see, your reviews play a huge role in helping others find It's About Time in the search results. And you just might get a shout out in a future episode like this one that's going out to Digital Swan 517. Digital Swan 517 was so kind to leave a five-star rating and review for It's About Time in Apple Podcasts. Digital Swan 517 writes, so many good ideas. Thank you, Anna, for bringing on such great guests. I get so many good ideas about how to be more productive and better manage my time. Your episode about being better with money also gave me some great tips. Okay, Digital Swan 517, first of all, I'm so excited that you're brimming with ideas about how to be more productive and manage your money better. By the way, she's referring to episode 15, all about staying on top of your finances with a Finance Friday routine. Thank you so much for tuning in, Digital Swan, for being a fan and for leaving such a kind review. And with that, 
It's about time we get started, so let's get this show on the road. You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. Hi, Cece, and welcome to It's About Time. I am so excited to spend time with you this afternoon. I am as well. This is going to be a very rich conversation, and my hope is that it will help everybody who listens to it. So I'm really excited to be here with you, Anna. Oh, yes. Well, again, thank you so much for giving me some of your time, giving the listeners some of your time. I know that we are in store for some amazing insights and inspiration from you. And, you know, during the intro, I shared a little bit about your official bio, but you know, I would love to hear from you in your own words, how you spend your time. Sure, sure. So I'm what you call a modern day Renaissance woman. I love it. <laughs> if it has anything to do with the arts or movement, I am there for it. Um, by trade, my background is human resources. I've been doing that for several years. Um, but as you know, I'm also a professional speaker and I focus on work-life performance strategies as well as well as self-care. And so when I'm not on the clock or on the stage speaking, I'm either juicing, I'm a big juicer, um, I'm either biking, we do about 10 miles daily, my husband and I, um, I'm probably coloring in a coloring book somewhere. Uh, before all of this happened, the whole world flips upside down. Um, you can find me on the dance floor. I am a competitive ballroom dancer. So I just like to touch on a few different things and just enjoy life for the most part, but um, no kiddos. We have a fur baby, been married for 13 very fun years, and we just get a lot out of life being able to help other people and doing what we do. So just glad to be alive, especially during this time. <laughs> oh my goodness. No, Cece, you're absolutely right. We have so much to be thankful for right now, just, just to be here. But first of all, you sound like you have a lot of fun. <laughs> I do. I try to. <laughs> I certainly do. And I have to ask, you know, first of all, what are your favorite things to juice? My favorite every day, gotta have it, is um, so we have cucumbers, spinach, green apple, carrot, and a lemon. And you would be surprised how sweet and good that thing is. Ooh. It is so delicious. But um, recently had to get into juicing because I just felt like, you know, with everything that's going on, I need to boost this immune system. But little did I know, juicing has so many added benefits. So I'm just so glad that um, I was able to get on that. I was missing out on a lot. (laughs) You've got me curious. Okay. Last question about juicing. I swear this whole episode is not about juicing guys. I promise. (laughs) What juicer do you use? I'm going to link it in the show notes. I'm just, I'm very curious about this. Sure. So the Omega 365, it's a cold press one, Mm -hmm. which essentially um, does a better job with, you know, preserving the enzymes. It's Mm -hmm. all about the enzymes when it comes to juicing. And if you lose the enzymes, then you're losing the nutrients. So the Omega 365 cold press um, juicer is what I prefer to use. Okay. This is fantastic. Yes. I will be be linking that in the show notes just in case any of you guys who 
who are listening are curious about juicing and make sure that you preserve those enzymes. Okay. And then competitive ballroom dancing is there. Do you have a favorite type of dance? I do. There's one that's native to Houston. It's called the Houston Two-Step. Um, it started in the urban community in about in the 1930s, and it's been around ever since. And it's a beautiful partner dance, very sultry, very just smooth. Um, that's my favorite one for sure. Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. Well, you clearly have a lot on your plate, but you know it sounds like you really prioritize those activities that really recharge you and fill your cup and help you live your best life so that you can give back to others through your speaking and through your training. That is it. And that's the end of the show right there, Anna. <laughs> You just said it perfectly. Simply yeah. <laughs> has fun and does great things. But, you know, I have to know, I have to know, how exactly do you stay on top of, of all of this? Because, you know, just the work alone that goes into being a professional speaker and a trainer, that could very easily become an always-on 24-7 job. And yet here you are proof. You are proof that you can still make time for those amazing moments in life. So, Cece, how do you do it? Absolutely. You know, it is a mindset thing. As with anything else, it's a mindset thing. I have chosen to go after a profession where I can help a lot of people, but there's no way that I can help all these people if I don't help myself. And so um, I set up some very strict parameters for myself. You know, there will be those seasons, Anna, where you have to pull an all-nighter, mm-hmm. but that's not my life. Right. We're not going to make an all-nighter life, no. but we're going to pick and choose seasons where that's necessary. So I shut it down, you know. I get started early. I, sh- I decide to shut it down. It'll be there tomorrow. And that's what I try to tell my clients all the time. Hey, it's going to be there tomorrow. You're not trying to save the world today. Um, I think we need to be very careful, too, about how we define success. What does that look like? My husband and I were having this conversation and I was telling him, you know, success has looked different for each season of our life. And if you allow success to be defined by a lot of other people, you will find yourself running around ragged, Mm -hmm. looking crazy, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, But we got friends that joke around all the time. You know, y'all must have extra hours in the day. What the heck are y'all doing? (laughs) And I'm just going to say that we're very intentional about our work time. So you're not going to catch us doing a whole lot of social media and things like that, because we need to be truly focused on what's here at hand. And after that's done, we can party and have a good time. Absolutely. But Cece, you do have a great social media presence. So it's clear that you are being very intentional about when and how you're showing up there. Do you have any specific methods that you use to make sure that you carry out those intentions or, you know, just tell me a little bit about what that looks like practically. So to be honest with you, when it comes to social media, I look at it as an opportunity for people to know, like, and trust me. Yes. My husband, uh, he's a strategic marketing guru, and he talks a lot about how to go about expediting that no like trust factor with social media. And so when I do post things, it's going to be for a purpose. It's either going to be informative for you or it's going to be something to make you laugh or just something so you can get to know me a little bit better. But I probably post no more than maybe two times a day. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going on with my life. I usually like to post in the morning. I have a tribe uh, called Working Women Wellness. And I always want to make sure that I'm feeding that tribe. But once I've done that in the morning, I'm 
I'm done for the day. Yeah. <laughs> now, my husband, on the other hand, because this is what he does as a profession, he's on there a lot more frequently than I am. But again, I just make sure that I put out there what needs to be out there and I move on with my day. Definitely. I love that. And I think that's such great, great advice for any of the small business owners who are listening, because so often we believe this lie that we have to be on social media all the time or else we're not showing up for our audience or our customers. And clearly that's not the case. No, ma'am, it's not. And if you're intentional, because here's the thing, if you're on there too much, people will start to ignore you. It's like, oh, there goes Cece again. (laughs) You know, you you wear your audience out. So and when you do post something like you end up getting a lot more engagement because people know you normally say something when you need to say something and they want to engage. That's fantastic. All right. So intentional with social media, getting on and posting it and then moving on with your life. What else? Are there any go-to apps or any tools that you can't live without? Absolutely. One of the best parts of my presentation that I love when we get to it, it's at the end. I go through all of my favorite productivity and wellness apps and people are like, oh my gosh, wait a minute. Let me take a picture of that screen because this is some good stuff. So there's some great apps out there, but my absolute favorite productivity apps, the first one and my top one is called Ike. I-K-E, stands for Eisenhower. You might be familiar with the Eisenhower Matrix, the four quadrants. Oh, yes. Yes. Well, they now have an app and it changed my life. Are you <laughs> Okay, first of all, I have never heard of this app. I am going to look for it as soon as we wrap up our call. But oh my gosh, so tell me about this. How is it the Eisenhower Matrix in app form? And can you give us a quick refresher of the Eisenhower Matrix for anyone sure. who is not sure what that is? Sure. So the Eisenhower Matrix is a four quadrant system where you're basically taking the things that you need to do, your to-do list, and you are prioritizing them by urgency. And so in these four quadrants, you have a box that may say, do today, urgent now, uh, do tomorrow, you know, kind of important. Then you got one do later, and then one that just, you know, do it in the future. Mm -hmm. And so what happens quite often, and and I'm sure you can relate to this, is you have this laundry list of to-do thing items, but you don't know where to start. It's like, Forget it. I don't even want to do this anymore. <laughs> so what the matrix allows you to do is to prioritize them. And then you just start working your way through that list a little bit at a time. It is an excellent tool. It sends you reminders. That's all I need in my life. Things get done. Things get done. That is fantastic. With my one-on-one time management coaching clients, the Eisenhower matrix is typically covered um, within our first few sessions. And Everyone has, you know, sung the praises of what a game changer using that prioritization method is. So that's awesome that there is an app. Okay, what other what other favorites do you have besides Ike? Anydo is another one. You may have heard of Anydo. I like to call it Honeydo because it's the way that I let my husband know, honey, I need you to do this for me. I like the feature to where it allows you to share with someone else if you need them to get a task done. Mm -hmm. And once they've completed it, then you see it on your side, task done. Oh, I like that. Beautiful app. Love it. So again, that just works well for if you just got, you know, little to-dos around the house and things like that. The number one best family organizer app, and I personally haven't used this one because I don't have a lot of little people to keep up with, but the one that I hear about all the time is Cozy. C-O-Z-I. You use Cozy? I don't use it myself, but I have heard very good things about it. Yes. It is excellent for families that have a lot of moving parts and schedules and woo, yeah, it saved a lot of lives from what I hear. 
Oh, so those sad. are my three favorites. That's awesome. I'm sure one day my little girl Camilla is only a toddler right now, so we're not in the in the thick of dance practice and saxophone yes. rehearsals or whatever it is that kids do these soccer practice. We're just going to daycare and back right now. So I'm sure that once we get into the thick of the extracurricular schedules, that's going to be such a lifesaver. Yes, for sure. Okay. I have to ask though, because, you know, I'm a time management coach. I would love to know how you manage your schedule. So as you know, um, a lot of people have this misconception that, oh, you get to work from home. Oh my God, you just got all this freedom. Oh yeah. Well, I think we now see that working from home can create the worst work-life balance because you're always on. Right always on. And so I had to learn that very quickly when I started working uh, virtually about seven years ago from home. And so what I do is I use a three-part system to managing my day. And it looks like this. Um, The first part of that is called the three big task rule that I follow. I'll explain that here in a a second. The second part of uh, what I do is called batching. Mm -hmm. You probably heard of that as well. And then the third thing that I do is I schedule a lot of breaks throughout my day. Okay. So if I can touch on just each of those here real quickly, the first part of it, the three big task rule. Okay. So let's just be honest, trying to work a straight eight hour work day (laughs) is not realistic. It's just not happening. You know, the, the truth of the matter is there are studies that show that humans, you know, we're not concentrating for eight hours a day. In fact, we only get maybe like three hours of productivity out of the day. Let's just yeah, be honest. That's it. So if I'm really only like working with that amount of time, I have to be once again, very intentional about that. So at the beginning of my day, I set out to accomplish three big things that I must get done. Okay. What happens a lot of times we go into our work day with this long laundry list. And at the end of our day, we're beating ourselves up because we didn't get through that long laundry list. Right. Cut it out. Let it go. You're not going to get through it. Let's take three things that you must get done that day. So I write down those three things. I get ready. Um, I go through, check emails real quickly, skim to see what's really important, urgent, all that stuff. And I put that to the side because I wasn't hired to answer emails all day. Amen. Amen, sis. Man, (laughs) that right there. That right there. Okay, hold on. Let me calm down for a second because you... You just hit on one of the like nerviest nerves when it comes to like what we're hired to do, what we're jobs are. You were not hired to be an email all day. I was not either. And most people were not. Okay. I'm, I'm going to stop. That, that touched your spirit because I'm going to tell you when, when you finally awaken to that, it's like, you're absolutely right. That was no work in my job description. No. I'm not talking about that. No. So what okay. you have to do is understand what the fires are. Okay. I got that. Put that to the side. I'll address that and then move on with your day. So Three big tasks. We've identified what those three big tasks are. The second thing that I do is I start to batch those things. So batching, it's a time management system that allows you to, you know, maximize your productivity, essentially. And so with those three big tasks I have, I take one test. I start my timer on my phone. I put it for 90 minutes. I log out of all the social media because during those 90 minutes, I'm fully dedicated to what's on my screen, to what I'm working on. Okay. 90 minutes. After that timer goes off, I take a 15, 20 minute break. Now, you have some people who think that taking breaks is lazy, but 
that's not the case. When you do take breaks, it gives your op- your brain an opportunity to refresh and rejuvenate. So I may go put on a load of laundry or I might start dinner or whatever. Once that 15, 20 minutes is up, I come back to my desk and I start working on task number two turn it on for 90 minutes. And usually what's happening, Anna, whatever time that I've allotted to get something done, it's usually getting done in that time frame. believe it or not. You've probably heard of Parkinson's law where it says basically, you know, whatever time you allocate to get something done, you will generally get it done in that time and space. Oh, yes. So that's how I go about doing it. So I rinse and repeat until those three big tasks are done. And at the end of my day, if those three tasks are done, Anna, it was a successful, productive day. Mm, Cece, I love that. I love that. It is so intentional. The three-part system, Mm -hmm. you know, choosing your top three for the day, Mm -hmm. matching and truly giving your focus to each of those three important pieces by cutting out distractions and then making sure to give yourself that recharge time, that break time to, you know, like you said, one of the benefits of working from home is that you can use your breaks to not only step away from the screens, but to switch out a load of laundry or just open the back door and stare at the birds for a second, you know? Simple things. And, you know, even during your break, you can check social media if you want to, whatever. But the reason why people struggle with work-life balance is not because necessarily we have so much more work to do, but because we're not using the time that we have efficiently. That's Mm -hmm. really what's happening right Mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. And so if we can get a grasp on how to use our time more efficiently, that whole, you'll have plenty of time for self-care and all those other things, but you got to get a grasp on it first. Absolutely. And I love what you mentioned about how you can use your break to check social media, but that doesn't truly give your brain a break. It doesn't. It doesn't. Because if you think about it, some people are like, well, I like to just relax by looking at social media, but social media doesn't really make you relax. (laughs) If you think about it, it doesn't. It doesn't. (laughs) Such a good point. And so, Cece, it sounds like you have found a way to create a rhythm in your day. Your your setup, your 90 minutes on, your 15 to 20 off, 90 minutes on, and really making sure that you are taking advantage of those, you know, three to four truly available hours of focus that we have each day. Absolutely. I say that It's About Time is a podcast sharing stories and strategies about work, life, and balance. Because to be quite honest, I am still exploring my personal definition of work-life balance Mm -hmm. and, you know, really trying to define what that means for me, but also accepting that it's really an evolution. And that definition, that vision is going to change as the seasons of my life change. Now, I've heard you speak about work-life rhythm. Would you share with me a little bit about work-life rhythm and what exactly that means? Absolutely. Before I go there, Anna, I have to say that I think you and I are kindred spirits because (laughs) I just came off another podcast. And what you just said is exactly what I said in that podcast, which was it's important for you to understand that this thing comes in seasons. It comes in seasons. And what you have to do before you can define work-life balance, rhythm, any of these things is you have to take a moment and ask yourself, What season of life am I in? Mm -hmm. And be honest about that. If you just had a little one, you can't even spell balance right now. Okay. (laughs) 
That's okay. That's okay. That's a season you're in. If you're an empty nester, I mean, it's balance all day. You know how to make that thing work. You understand what I'm saying? So it really, really behooves you to sit down and just be realistic about where you are. Okay. Now, the reason why I came up with the work-life rhythm aspect of it, number one, I have a music and dance background. So it just, you know, made sense to me. When I think about life, life is like a song. And in one song, you can have a slow tempo start off, then it can go to medium and then gradually go to quick. I mean, that's how life is every day. (laughs) It's ebbing and flowing. When you hear the word work-life balance, I think the reason why it's being challenged so much right now is because balance in a lot of people's mind means that you have to choose something over the other thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. I either can work or play. And let's just be honest. Most of our lives are not set up to where we get to choose one over the other. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we have to do things simultaneously. Like while I'm on the treadmill, I might need to be going over my PowerPoint presentation. You understand? Yeah. So rhythm allows, it's a lot more forgiving and giving. It allows you to pull it in here and take it back there. Or oops, I need to do these two together and then I can do that. It's an ebb and flow and it allows you to go out of in and out of seasons. Now, what I will say is, although it's very fluid, it's important that you are very intentional in that rhythm. And what I mean by that is just what I shared with you, the strategies. If you know that you need to get work done during this part of the rhythm, focus on that. Okay. And once you're done with that, then you might can go and play, but just understand that whatever you're doing, be in that moment. And I think that that's where we get off track. Um, when we're at work, we're thinking about home. And when we're at home, we're thinking about work. <laughs> it's important for us to be in the moment and be in that rhythm. How true is that? And yeah, I think so often with the word balance, people hear equal. Mm-hmm. And that we're supposed to spend as much time on work as we spend on family mm-hmm. or vice versa. Yes, yes, yes. And that doesn't quite add up with the hours of the day either. It doesn't. It doesn't. And what ends up happening, Anna, is we're just like, forget it. I just can't get this thing down. I just... Okay, y'all. So I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard, or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, and all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. 
And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you wanna know how to get there? To have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. You know, just forget it. I can't get this balance thing. But when it comes to, um, you know, I talk a lot about self-care. I think what helps us to also create a better rhythm is understanding that we should be doing some kind of self-care daily, mm-hmm. just even if it's small bits and pieces. I don't want us to think that we have to spend this absorbent amount of time only on family and only on play and only on ourselves. Mm-hmm. But as we drop these things throughout our day, it creates a whole rhythm for us. Mm-hmm. I love that. Dropping things throughout the day. Yeah. Yeah. And and if I can expand upon a little bit of that, you know, when I hear people say, you know, well, how do I fit self-care in? You know, because a lot of times we think it requires us to leave the house or spend money and all that stuff. But so to spend an hour in the bubble bath, that's an I find like self-care, the stereotype is a bubble bath. And I don't even I don't even really like bubble baths that much. I mean, they're okay, but I mean it's not your thing. It's not your thing. And, and, and that's the beautiful the beautiful part about it is that it's whatever you choose to do that rejuvenates you. That's essentially it. Mm-hmm. So if we can remember to maybe in the morning do some mindfulness, maybe do some yoga, that's self-care right there. In the middle of the day, you might decide to eat some fruit and maybe read a quick book or something, that's self-care right there. At the end of your day, you may decide to go take a bubble bath. Anna won't be doing that, but you know, <laughs> you decide to go take a bubble bath. That's self-care. Anything that rejuvenates you that you can put throughout your day, you're keeping a, a nice balance right there. So, Cece, here's a question that I know a lot of people struggle with is when we're in the thick of life and we are moving from one meeting to the next or checking our cozy app and taking our kiddos from one practice to the next and figuring out what's for dinner. And sometimes it feels like putting out one fire after the other. You know, how does one begin to make that transition from reactive mode to finding what self-care looks like and really beginning to be intentional? You know, how do, how do we make that shift? Yes, yes, yes. Well, you said the operative word that I start off with all the time is being intentional. We have to understand, first of all, self-care is not just this nice little girl thing, you know, go get our nails done, pedicures. That's not what this is. Self-care is essentially self-preservation. Mm-hmm. Okay. If I want to live, I need to be taking care of myself. So first having a mind shift, excuse me, a mindset shift and understanding the importance of it. It's important because of this. Okay. So that means it's no longer a negotiable. That's number one. Number two is that we have to set the tempo for things. And what I mean by setting the tempo is that we have to set the help. Now, the number one reason why so many of us don't take better care of ourselves is because we don't know how to ask for help. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So therefore we don't have time, right? 
So we have to get out of the space of feeling like, you know, incompetent or whatever feeling comes along with it when you feel like you don't want to ask someone for help. Sometimes it's simply, well, I just know I can do it better than he can. And no, Mm -hmm. you need to be able to start letting some of the things go. Start delegating some things for other members in your family to do. Start offloading so you can make some time for yourself. I understand that that is easier said than done for some of us. But the general message here is that you're going to need help. You're going to need help. So don't be afraid to ask for help. After that, Mm -hmm. I always encourage my clients, you have to set the expectations because a lot of times we offload things, but we don't give any expectations. And when that person does it wrong, we snatch it right back. Just forget it. You're not doing it right. So no, instead of doing that, set the expectations. If you're asking husband to do something for you, honey, here's what I need for you to do. Here's where I need you to step in, period. Okay. Second part of that is you have to sit down and be realistic about your schedule. What time of day or what different points throughout the day am I generally free and open? Okay, this is the key to making self-care work. A lot of people do not plan it, which makes you reactive, which makes that knee jerk reaction of, okay, little Johnny, he's at football right now. Let me see if I can fit in some self-care. No, it doesn't work like that. It'll never get done. So you want to sit down and you want to look at your calendar and you want to go ahead and start filling it in. So if I need to wake up at 5 a.m. before everyone else wakes up during that hour, I'm going to do my yoga. And then maybe around lunchtime. Oh, I see I have an opening here. Maybe I'll do a little walk along with my lunch. Oh, and then at night when everyone's asleep and everybody's down, maybe I can do a little reading in my book. But scheduling those activities and literally putting it on the family calendar so you can get your family used to seeing, okay, mom or dad, okay, they're doing this, that, and the third during this time. Let me not disturb them during that time. Again, very important for you to be realistic about what season of life you're in because if you have a little one like you do, Anna, yeah, you might have to make some adjustments. But The general key here is that you have to start off by having conversations with your partner, helping them to understand, here's why it's important for both of us to be doing self-care, not just me. Mm -hmm. You need time to get away too, away from this family so you can offload, you know? Right. It's so important that you have this conversation and that we make this a family affair, not just about me. The kids need self-care and there are self-care activities for kiddos. You need self-care, husband, wife. Everybody mm-hmm. needs it because we all come back better. Absolutely. And, you know, Cece, when you think about putting that self-care on the family calendar, that makes me, again, go back to our BFF, the Eisenhower Matrix, and how yes. that like, self-care really is one of those quadrant two activities that it's so important, but it's not urgent. It's easy to put on the back burner. And if you don't schedule it, the time is not going to magically appear. And By putting it on the family calendar, and if you have older children, making them aware of it, what an amazing example you're being for your children. Yes, indeed. Because I think that, you know, there are so many mindset pieces at play here, Mm -hmm. um, believing Mm -hmm. that you're deserving of self-care, which, I mean, it's self-preservation. It's not about being deserving of anything. It's it's something that we need to sustain ourselves. But that's something that so many people struggle with is feeling that they have to earn 
their self-care. Yes. And then, you know, the, the weakness that we feel whenever we need help. And if, if you're listening and you have not tuned in to episode two, all the way back at the beginning, episode two of It's About Time featured Lauren Barbalich, a full-time paralegal and a business owner who has three children. And and works with a mother's helper because it's it's a lot to do everything by yourself and just be, being willing to ask help. So Lauren's a great example back in episode two, if you head back there. Cece, I am just, I am feeling so inspired to, to go through my calendar and make sure that I am not only planning for my personal self-care, but making sure that I'm staying true to myself in the way that I'm caring for myself. Because like you said, (laughs) I don't have to take a bubble bath just because somebody else does. And that's what self-care is for them. And it can be a little bit of of an introspective journey. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I'll tell you, that's how, you know, I kind of got into the ballroom dancing and all these other activities that I do. I just allowed myself time to explore. And again, and I can't emphasize enough how important it was for me to sit down and have this conversation with my spouse, because sometimes you have spouses who feel like, well, why do you want to be apart from me? I thought I was everything you needed. Like it's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. But I want us to understand that time apart is just as important as time together just as important. And if you're not taking that time, if you and your spouse are not taking time away from each other and the family to fill back up your cup, that could be part of the issue. Some of of the troubles that we're having right now, because we just need to get away and make some time for self. So you bring up a very interesting idea, especially with the state of our nation right now. We've spent so many months in this quarantine lifestyle, and we've probably experienced a lot more togetherness than we ever expected we would just by nature of being quarantined and, you know, striving to stay safe. (laughs) Um, So I would be interested in hearing some creative recommendations that we can use during close quarters to make sure that we're having time together and time apart. Definitely depending on your family setup, the type of home that you live in, um, you'll have to kind of maybe modify this. But um, let's say, for example, if my husband is upstairs, I may be downstairs for the rest of the day. You know, (laughs) (laughs) that happens sometimes. Or sometimes I just may go out for a walk, you know, for a couple of, you know, minutes or so. We think that self-care requires all this time away, but it really, really doesn't. Mm -hmm. Just getting out and getting some fresh air for 30 minutes and coming back to your family, you would be surprised what that will do for you. Mm -hmm. You'll be absolutely surprised. Um, I've heard of couples even just going and sitting in the car sometimes. I mean, (laughs) just going for a drive, you know? It's, it's, It's simple, small things that I think that we need to start putting emphasis on again. We're thinking, oh, that's not going to do anything. I need more time away from my family. But you would be surprised if you're taking it regularly or in increments. It really, really does help. It does. Please don't give your partner a hard time when they say, I just need some time. I need some space. I need a little breather. It's not about you. It's Mm -hmm. not that the kids are getting on their nerves. Just we as human beings need that time apart sometimes. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Some of us more than others based on you know, our personality and our preferences. Yes. So on the subject of 2020, <laughs> which has mm-hmm. been 
a very interesting, a very interesting year, a year like no other. Certainly for me, I'm sure for most of us, this has brought unprecedented challenges and pivots and more decision fatigue than we have ever experienced in our lives. Um, curveball on curveball. And it's been a lot to to adjust and to stay strong and keep going at times. Yeah. And Cece, something that you speak about is the concept of having grit. Mm-hmm. And it it just seems like this is such an appropriate time to really explore what that means and what it looks like. So can you tell me a little bit about what exactly it means to have grit? When I think of grit, I automatically think of a recovering scaredy cat. <laughs> All right. And I think that because that's exactly what I was, you know, I was, I was a scaredy cat. I wasn't a risk taker by any shape, form or fashion. And I think that's a lot of us. Um, some of us are not risk takers for different reasons. Some of us aren't risk takers because um, we have a family that we have to support and we don't have, you know, maybe the extra resources to be able to go out there and try different things. That's, that's how we think of it at this point in time. Um, some of us are just, uh, not good at that because maybe we had a bad past experience and it was like, last time I took a risk, this happened. What we really have to do is take a moment to look at where we are in life right now and ask yourself, am I satisfied with this? Mm-hmm. Am I satisfied? Am I happy knowing that if I left this earth today, I've done what I wanted to do and most importantly, what I was you know, purposed to do? And if you can say yes to that, keep the party going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> keep the party going. But there are so many of us, Anna, who are not satisfied with where we are. And so what we have to do is we have to tap into that place of um, that scaredy cat. We have to kind of wake up that scaredy cat and be like, look, there are some things that I need to do, that I need to get done. And what I'm going to start doing is I'm just going to start taking very, 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 very tiny steps to get there. For example, if I've been thinking about starting this business, man, every time I wake up, it's on the top of my mind. I'm just going to go start off at least researching it. That's it. Just going to see what's out there. You know, is there even a need for me to even start this business? Just start researching. As you're researching a little bit, you may start seeing, hmm, it looks like there's a need here. Okay. Okay. Well, let me take another step and see if there's someone out there that's already doing this and maybe I can glean some things from them. So let me just start having some conversations. What I'm showing you here is opening up yourself just a little bit more at a time, a little bit more at a time, a little bit more at a time until finally you're at a place where you feel comfortable enough, comfortable enough. Now, just because you feel, you know, you're not all the way secure, but you know, you're getting ready to jump off the ledge. That's okay. You have enough information to jump at least. Mm -hmm. And I'm here to tell you that if you at least take that first jump, all it takes is to see just one minutia of success Mm -hmm. and then you're ready to just take off with it. And then the next opportunity that comes, that's a risk. You're like, well, shoot, the last one went well. Let me try this. Let me try that. That's literally how my life has set up the way it was. Before I got into all of this, a friend of mine, one day at church, she I was asking her if she wanted to go to Luby's and have lunch with me. <laughs> and she said, well, actually, I'm getting ready to go. How does she say it? I'm getting ready to go audition for this pageant. And I think you should do it with me. 
And I was like, what? no, ma'am. No, ma'am. <laughs> I am not a pageant girl. I'll catch you next time. We can go to Luby's next Sunday. <laughs> Somehow she convinced me. And I'm telling you, it took her some real good convincing because I'm really more, or I was at the time, I was more of a behind the scenes, you know, I'll support you. And that's exactly what I told her. I'll be there to support you, but I'm not doing it. Long story short, she somehow got me into this pageant. I somehow won the pageant and everything after that just took off. Wow. Literally. Wow. Just like that. Literally. So I thank her all the time. Every time I see her, I tell her, do you know I'd still be living under that same rock <laughs> if you wouldn't have made me do that pageant? And I just became more risk taker. Like my background is not dance. I wasn't a dancer. But shoot, because I did so well at the pageant, I was like, well, let me try this dance thing. Yeah, why not? Why not? Turned out to be good. Turned out to, you know, win competitions and stuff. It's just crazy. But what I mean by becoming a grit-filled risk taker is just by doing small things one step at a time to show yourself, to prove to yourself, I'm worth taking a risk on. I can do this. I can do this. It doesn't happen over the night, but I just tell you sometimes just rip the Band-Aid off and go for it. You never know. Absolutely. Cece, when you did that pageant, how did you feel? Were you nervous? Were you like, tell me how you felt. Right. Oh my God. You're about to make me start crying now. Okay. <laughs> so it was, let me tell first of all, let me start off by saying this. I never in my wildest dreams expected to win that passion because there were women who were so much more beautiful, so much more talented, just so much more period. I was like, I don't know what I've set myself up for, but I just decided I'm going to have fun. I'm going to have fun. Yeah. I don't care what happens. I'm going to have fun. So, of course, all my friends and family are there. There's this 30-foot runway that we have to walk down in front of all these people. It's crazy. But my husband told me afterwards, he said, it was like another person was up there. Mm -hmm. Like, I saw a different side of you that I had never seen before. He called me Oh, like Beyonce and Sasha Fierce. Exactly. That's exactly what he said. He said, it was like you were Sasha Fierce up there, and I've never seen that from you. And it boosted my confidence. It showed me, you know, um, there's another dimension to me. I'm not just this bookworm who plays the saxophone and, you know, <laughs> there's more to me than just this. And um, it's been a very rewarding journey since then. Everything else was unlocked after I took that one big risk. That one big risk. And it was, it was new and you, oh my God. you were nervous and you oh all the feelings and you did it anyway. You did I did it. it. I did it in spite of myself. <laughs> Let me just say that. Yeah. I, yeah. And I, I, I'm, I, I'm so, so glad that you shared that because I would imagine that there are so many people listening who have that idea to start that business or yeah. to leave their job or to even ask for that promotion, whatever it is. But there's that fear. There's that little bit yeah. of fear and uncertainty holding them back and they're waiting for that moment. They're waiting for the moment that the fear goes away in order to make the move. <laughs> it will never go away. But it doesn't. It doesn't. Can I add this? That if you're the type of person like a scaredy cat like I was, sometimes you have to latch on to lions, okay? Ooh. And and what I mean by that is, is though I'm a scaredy cat, I've 
surrounded myself with a lot of risk takers. My husband is one. I, I'm only into entrepreneurship because I saw my husband do it so well. It's like, okay, well, he wasn't scared that he was going to live on the streets if he took on his own job. So let, let me try it, you know? So I've latched on to a lot of lions in the process of getting out of this scaredy catness. And I'm finally out of it. And I just say that if you're like that, find you some people that you can latch on to who will help pull you out of that space as well. Cece, are you a lion now? Oh my God, what? What? Yes. Like I'll pull any scaredy cat out of that yes. place. Yes. Oh my goodness. Fearless. Oh. Fearless. <laughs> Loving it. Cece, how can someone find their lion? Oh, I love how you put that. You know, um, I'm going to go back here and I'm going to take it from a spiritual perspective of um, we were put down here to have to lean on each other and to need each other and to help each other. I believe that there are some natural born lions out there. I do. Um, But for those of us who are not, sometimes you need to tap into someone else's lion. You really do. You really do. That's why I emphasize surrounding yourself with people who are already where you're trying to go. Um, That to me is the catalyst. You know, you need somebody to kind of maybe sometimes ignite that fire. But from there, the rest of it has to come from within. And what we have to do is we have to change our mindsets first. I'm big on affirmations. I'm saying these affirmations even when I don't feel it. Sometimes I don't even believe it in the moment. But we speak the words of life. So if daily you're looking at yourself and you're telling yourself you can't do this and remember when you failed at that, you literally have to tell those voices to shut up. Because I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> yes. I'm doing it anyway. So it's a day by day, inch by inch, but every inch is progress. And I think you need to celebrate that. I celebrate hard, Anna. When I mm. accomplish something, a big risk, I celebrate for days. <laughs> so, you know, I love that feeling. So, you, you know, it's like any other high that you're trying to chase. You want to get that feeling again. And so you become more and more of a risk taker. But in order to find that lion within, you have to start speaking to it. Mm-hmm. You have to start speaking to it, even when you don't believe it. And see, that's the part. Because see, a lot of us think because we don't you know, believe it, we're, we're very feelings and emotion-based. You know, Everything is based off of that. Forget your feelings. Mm-hmm. Forget all that. Say it, speak to it, give it life, and then start operating in that. And you will. It works. It works. But you got to start doing it. Cece, if anyone is unfamiliar with using affirmations to shift their mindset, how can they get started? So, well, I will direct you to my self-care planner where I have several days worth of affirmations. Um, I put them in here. And, but you can easily Google some. You could just say um, affirmations for working moms or affirmations mm-hmm. um, for single women, whatever. You know, it's all on Google. Everything's on Google. Oh, yeah. And it will pull up a slew of affirmations. I say start writing those down on your sticky notes, putting them on your mirror daily and saying them. I say say them seven times. Seven times. Seven times a day. Seven for me, the number of completion. You know, that's just the number that I chose. Mm-hmm. Seven times. And watch how your mindset starts to wrap around what you're saying. Mm -hmm. It takes time, Mm -hmm. but just watch how it does. Watch how it does. Oh, my goodness. Um, That is, I have chills. I have absolute chills. And I will be sure to link up your self-care planner in the show notes. So anyone who is interested in diving into that, finding, you know, the affirmations that you've put together, 
really using that tool to dig in and make sure that they're carving out that critical time for self-care in their days and their weeks. That just sounds like such an amazing resource. Cece, is there anything else that you would like to share with the It's About Time listeners before we wrap up our time together, this has been such an amazing, robust discussion. <laughs> I don't want to close this off without giving you one last chance to share anything that's on your mind. I want to end it on this note. Everything that is happening right now in our world is happening for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I believe that this is an opportunity for a lot of us to reset mm-hmm. our lives. During this time that I, it is not lost on me that a lot of people have experienced a lot of loss during this time, but there are also a lot of people who have experienced a lot of gain. And it is because they chose to not focus on the problem, but they've decided to pivot their mindset. And whether that be their mindset, their business, um, the way they, you know, take care of their health, they're, they're focusing on making something else better right now. And that's what I encourage every listener to do, to sit down and evaluate what is in my control right now? What can I be doing to make tomorrow better? What can I be doing? And let me not focus on the problems at hand. It's easier said than done. I get that for a lot of us. But I think that if you take a moment and you really sit down and think to yourself, there are some things that are totally within your control that you can start to improve right now. If you choose to focus on those things during this time, after this season of pandemic is over, you're going to be amazed at how far along you've come. I never thought at the beginning of this pandemic that I would plant my first garden, that I would ride a bike again after 15, 20 years, (laughs) Uh, that I would start juicing and take better care of my health. Like I never, ever, ever thought that this will be the best time for me to grow. And I say that it's the best time for all of us to grow. Life is on pause right now for a lot of us. So take that time to, hey, reinvent yourself, to find that lion, to take it to the next level of where you've been trying to go, but just maybe didn't have time to what I would say for right now. Oh my goodness, Cece, that is absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much for ending it on such a timely, relevant, and inspiring note. So Cece, I know that so many listening are going to want to stay in touch with you. Where can we find you on the interwebs? Everywhere. (laughs) Every single where. Um, but if you if you have predominantly female listeners, um, I would love for all of you to hop on Facebook and join me over in Working Women Wellness with CC Sutton. Working Women Wellness. Wow, that's a tongue twister. I just realized that. But uh, <laughs> Working Women Wellness with CC Sutton. In that group, we're talking about everything from having a healthier immune system to self-care to um, what's on TV right now and our favorite shows. We're having a good time up there. So we would love to have you. Otherwise, I'm on all social media networks, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that at CC Sutton. Perfect. I'll be sure to link up all of your social channels as well as a direct link to Working Women Wellness so we can get in on that conversation. Cece, I cannot thank you enough for all of the the wisdom and 
motivation, inspiration, productivity. Oh my goodness. This has been such a wonderful conversation and I'm so grateful to have had this time with you this afternoon. So again, thank you so much for giving your time and I look forward to keeping in touch. Likewise. I promise we're kindred spirits. Yeah, we're definitely keeping in touch. (laughs) Yes. Soul (laughs) sisters, definitely. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much. And there you have it. In a nutshell, my productivity soulmate, Cece, is amazing. Choose your top three each day. Consider work-life rhythm over work-life balance. Make time for self-care. Ask for help when you need it. Find your lion. Shift your mindset and take it to the next level. You can find links to the productivity tools that Cece mentioned, as well as links to her free Facebook group, Working Women Wellness, and her now back to you self-care planner by visiting the show notes over at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 43. That's it for episode 43. Thanks again for listening. And I look forward to talking with you soon. Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.